Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. Well, the year is off to a great start, and I cannot believe that we are on episode number five of our discipleship series. Discipleship is near and dear to my heart. It is the heartbeat of this program. Each of the four gospels talks about those who seek to find their life will lose it, but those who lose their life for Christ's sake will find it, which means we're to live for something beyond ourselves. So many people are just chasing after their own wants, their own interests, their own purposes, and they're finding themselves empty. But those who find their identity and their purpose in Christ live lives of meaning and significance, regardless of their circumstances. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy can only come from God. That's why you'll see people in difficult circumstances seeming to live with hope and purpose and excitement, while sometimes even people with everything in the world to live for and everything that they take for granted is not satisfying them because they're about themselves. Last week, we talked about spiritual infancy, which is to say that when we come to faith, especially if you come to faith as an adult, you don't automatically inherit some level of spiritual maturity. We all start at a baseline. And I said last week, sometimes a 12-year-old can be more spiritually mature than a 65-year-old depending on their upbringing and their circumstances. And it's okay because every one of us has a lifelong spiritual journey that is going to take us from that moment where we receive Christ, that justification, if you will, where our sins are forgiven, into this path of discipleship and or sanctification, which is a fancy way of saying that on earth our lives become to look more and more like Christ through our spiritual disciplines, to bring him glory and to point others to him, So that when we're gone, we're glorified. That means we know God intimately without the limitations of our human bodies or our mortality. We receive the ultimate gift, the ultimate healing, and we have that to look forward to and not dread. But while we are here, while we're living, our lives are to be transformative. God transforms us through his grace, through our discipleship process. We get to be his hands and feet and his instruments here on earth to make this place a better place, to tell people about the gospel, and to point people towards faith. We've got a couple of different resources today. One of my favorite ones is the Real Life Discipleship Training Manual, which talks about when we're born again, we go from unbelief and or spiritual death to being born again, which means it's like being a newborn. Unbelief is characterized by spiritual death, but moves us into infancy, which is just ignorance. If you think about children, They have to be taught almost everything. They are completely helpless. They can't do anything for themselves. And in last week's episode, we talked about spiritual infancy and the amount of patience and work that it requires of us who are the disciplers in the relationship. Anytime one of us has come to faith and has some semblance of spiritual maturity, it has been through some kind of investment in us, whether it's a parent 
a pastor, a person in our life, Sunday school teacher, youth pastor, seminary professor, but also, interestingly enough, authors, podcasters, people who inspired us to go deeper in our faith. And today, I encourage you to continue in in that journey. God is in control. He is the creator, sustainer of this universe. And he has plans and he has purposes for us. And we get the privilege and the honor of taking part in that. As you move from ignorance of what does it even mean to pray, what is scripture, how do I get this into my life, into the childish area where sometimes you read the passages with ulterior motives or with motivations of just improving or enriching your plans for your life. And somewhere along that way, God starts to transform your life. Last week, I mentioned a great article, Six Marks of a Disciple of Christ by Zane Pratt, which started with a transformed heart, which we talked about last week. It starts with him saving us and being able to be acquitted of our sins and move forward, and then our, our mind through the memorization of his scripture, which then informs our affections, what, things that we pray about, as I'm mentioning right now. Those affections drive our wants, our desires, our prayers, our families, and what we do with our life. He said, disciples see imperatives in scriptures as invitations from the Savior to experience the joy of active submission to him. And so as he transforms those affections, we're picking up right now where we left off last week on transforming our will. Do you know anyone who's willful? Someone that you know that every conversation is going to be an argument, everything is going to be a competition? Well, sometimes that's us with God. He's gently guiding us where we need to go, and we want to go where we want to go. And we have to, at times, surrender our will, which as Americans might be the hardest thing we ever do, based upon our culture and our values, to do something even bigger and better for God's kingdom. He says, the bottom line is, disciples of Jesus obey God by obeying everything his word teaches. They do not obey in order to make themselves right with God or to add anything at all to the work of Christ, but out of faith, hope, and love that flow from the gospel. And this is where we're picking up from last week, transformed relationships. So last week, we talked about the transformed heart, the transformed mind, transformed affections, and the transformed will. And then today, I want to add two more, transformed relationships and transformed purpose. You see, when you give God your heart, your mind, your affections, and your will, then God can begin to transform your relationships. How many times do ministry practitioners hear people coming to them saying, this relationship is not right, that relationship is not right, these relationships need restoration? And you know what? Sometimes God is able to transform the other person, that you're in the right and they're just in a wayward, difficult, prodigal situation, and God is able to turn them around, and then through that, your relationship is restored. But friend, the truth of the matter is, If you have a relationship that is out of balance, estranged, it may be that you have some work to do as well. Pratt says, disciples of Jesus love one another as Christ has loved them and loved their neighbor as themselves. This love expresses itself practically in forgiveness and service, even to our enemies. Our love includes to our church, our families, the global body of Christ, the lost and the poor. Friend, when your will 
and your affections are transformed, those relationships can't help but follow. You're able to get that additional measure of patience and maturity that allows you to heal those relationships and move forward in a healthy manner that is honoring to God. And that, my friend, when your affections, your will, and your relationships are in line, that's when God can really give you a purpose in your life. He can take the rubble that was all of our crazy idols and dreams and turn it into something that's so much more. So many times there's things in my life that I look at as the be-all, end-all, and when I surrender them to God and say, God, what would you have me do? I find out that those things that seemed so big and so important and so vital to me are so minuscule and temporal and insignificant. And God then gives me something that blesses me and gives me a chance to bless others. And that purpose guides me in my life, regardless of whether it makes any sense to anybody else. And that's what's kind of fun. Pratt says, disciples of Jesus share the gospel, disciple other believers, and engage in global spread of the gospel to all peoples. You see, friend, We've talked about the Great Commission, even at the beginning of this thing, we talked about go make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Understand that what that means is, as you go, again, it's not about going on a big mission trip, though you can, and people do, or move it elsewhere, you can, and people do, but understand that as you go, it begins in your house, with your family, with your co-workers, with your friends, with your neighbors, and then works its way out. Because friend, the most important work that you can ever do might be right in front of you. And God might be transforming your affections and your will and your relationships and your purpose for the very reason so that you can be an effective gospel witness to those in close proximity to you. A friend of mine always says, who is close to you but far from God? Friend, if you look around and just ask yourself a question, You won't get out of many rooms without finding someone who needs this kind of transformation in their life. But it begins with you, my friend. I hope that you can commit to that transformation and then start transforming those around you. You don't have to be an evangelist or a vocational pastor. In fact, the greatest mission movements in the history of the church were done with people just like you, living in obedience with a transformed affections, will, relationships, and purpose, that their gospel just emanates from them no matter where they are, and they're able to make a difference for the gospel. Friend, let me also talk about those next two cycles. We talked about being dead and born into an infancy and then the the selfishness of a child. It moves into kind of a a young adult-style faith that's characterized by service. As you transform your will and your relationships and your purpose you start serving. And this is not something that you do for a merit badge or do for vanity or for ulterior purposes. This is something that just comes naturally as scripture gets into your heart and mind, as your prayer life ensues, as you experience authentic worship, as you continue your discipleship process, it will start forming your character. And in that maturity, you find yourself serving others, serving the church, and making this world a more hopeful and wonderful place. Not because that's the end goal of Christianity, but because Christ modeled that. And in so doing, we can point to an even better life beyond. And then finally, it says there's the parent relationship that is characterized by intentionality. As we close up today, again, as I'm closing my Real Life Discipleship book, 
There's so many resources I want to share with you in this series because I know that somewhere out there you are listening and you can then branch out and create that sphere of influence for the gospel in your local community. You need to take on that parent role. You might be saying to me, Mike, I'm not ready. That's for my pastor. That's for some important church person, some evangelist, someone like Billy Graham does that, Mike, not me. And my friend, I hate to counter, but many a wonderful people, including some of the people we've seen and heard who've been great evangelists and powerful pastors in the pulpit, many of them were won to Christ by their parents and ordinary people, vacation Bible school volunteers, Sunday school teachers, little old ladies down the street have at times been responsible for the spiritual awakening of someone who goes and preaches to the masses. Friend, that person might be in your community. They might be living next door to you or in your class. Don't neglect, first of all, the transformation that needs to happen in your life. Again, quick review. Transformed heart, we come to Christ. Transformed mind, the scripture gets into our lives and convicts us of our sin and helps us move forward, which transforms our affections which means that our priorities change, and in so doing, so does our will. And God can then allow us to move forward in uh, with purpose and intentionality, which then transforms those around us, that transforms our relationships. People, you might lose some friends, because as your will transforms and your affections transforms, your relationships will either become more healthy, or some people will just kind of move on when they realize that you're not going to do what you've been doing before. But then that ends with the purpose and that parentage, if you will. Friend, don't underestimate what God can do in your life. You can not only transform your life through being a disciple, you can transform the lives of others through taking them on as disciples. We are out of time, and I look forward to our next episode, and I'll see you next time on Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.